Good morning, everybody. I wanted to just quickly remind you, if you love B2B SaaS and you're loving all these CEOs I have on, remember, you can get all of their data in a big, beautiful spreadsheet at gitlatka.com. That's G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A.com. So I hope you're enjoying the month. I love December. I love the holidays. And here is our program for today. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Robin Stevens. He is the co-founder, or actually the founder of a company called Future. Okay, and uh, as the founder of Future, it's now the 16th fastest SaaS business in the world uh, growing. We'll dig into more of that and the detail behind that in a second. He's a finalist for the Shell Livewire Young Entrepreneur of the Year. He's London-based and has lived and worked in New York and Sydney. He's a bootstrap expert with a strong belief in the fundamentals of underpinning profitability with growth. Robin, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm here. Let's do it. Okay. What do you mean by 16th fastest SaaS business in the world? What do you mean by that? Uh, so there was a um, there, there was a report that came out recently uh, on the SaaS 1000 list, uh, and we were ranked at number 16. Um, the the metric I think was on on staff growth as opposed to uh, turnover, um, but we were ranked number one in the UK, uh, number three in Europe, and kind of globally number 16 one, one below salesforce so yeah it was a nice metric i think those metrics though can kind of be bullshit right if you go from one employee to 10 employees in a very short amount of time growth looks really impressive but all i hear <laughs> is ex- are, are, are is expenses there so and, and you and you pride yourself on profitability so why why tout a metric based off team growth it's a, it's a good question. I didn't actually pick the uh, the uh, the metric. I would have I'd have done it on something else. I think I th- I think the cutoff on it. I think I think you had to be at a certain turnover. I can't remember what the turnover was. So it it couldn't be just one staff to to twenty or whatever. Got it. Okay. What are you at today in terms of team size? Uh, we're about 70, 65, 70. Um, that's split between London. We've got about 55 in London and then 20 between New York and, and Sydney. Okay. So about 70, you said total. Yep. Okay. Give us the backstory here. What's the company do and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Cool. All right. So um, we do marketing automation, but everyone does talk about marketing automation. Let's just narrow that down. We do marketing automation just for professional service uh, firms and just enterprise professional service firms. If I can explain why that's different and why that's that's important. Um, when you're when you're doing marketing normally, the the marketeer has a direct relationship with the client, right? And across all the different channels that they're they're doing marketing with. In a professional service environment. The, per- the thing that you're, you're promoting is a, is a person, right? The, the fiena, the lawyer, the accountant, whatever, whatever it is that they, they might do. And one of the challenges is the the, the fiena retains the client relationship always over the marketing uh, relationship. Uh, and back in the day, I was, I was kind of an in-house marketer at a professional service firm, and, and none of the software really understood that the, the relationship and the model needed to be to be turned on its head. So you're not only automating to the clients, but you're also automating to the internal uh, uh, client. 
and, and, and kind of automating that relationship. And so we built a product around kind of that, that whole model of, of automating in both directions, uh, which has got us to where we are today. So if I give you some metrics, and I'll do that quickly because uh, I know you guys love numbers. He's Robin's uh, prepared. I love this. All right, uh, give me the numbers. All right, here's some numbers. So uh, we're approaching 10 million annual recurring revenue. In fact, uh, we were at, at 10 million, but Brexit happened and changed our figures a bit. Euros or US dollars? <laughs> uh, US dollars. Um, 50% of any large enterprise law firm anywhere in the world uses Vucha and the same sort of figures for kind of accounting or, or um, you know, commercial real estate, other other. Other types of of similar nature businesses, we've grown thirty percent every single year in terms of turnover since the the start of the company, uh, and we've always been profitable. Which so, was what year did you launch? Uh, Ten years ago, so we do the math backwards. Two thousand seven, <laughs> very good. And then give give you're currently at a ten million dollar or around a ten million dollar AR run rate, which which puts you over eight hundred thousand dollars per month in revenue. Take us back though, so we can understand growth. December twenty sixteen, what was MRR? Um. We would have been about eight. Okay, about eight hundred. Eight, so eight, eight million. Sorry, we would have been about eight million turnover. So that would have been that six hundred thousand. Yep. Yep. Six hundred k. Forgive me, I'm turning it from sterling into dollars. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So in 2016, December 2016, just to be clear, you're doing about six hundred thousand uh, dollars a month in revenue. Uh, you're currently last month you did over eight hundred thousand, correct? Eight hundred twenty-five thousand. Eight hundred twenty-five. And what do you think you'll hit by December 2017? It's a good question because we've just spent a lot of time and money increasing the sales and the marketing team. And that's just starting to kick in. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to think it's scale upwards. I can't tell you what the number's going to be yet till, till, till that team beds in. What's your goal? What would you be happy with? I mean, I'd like to hit 12. Yep. 12 so, that, so a million. So if you can add, call it 150,000 bucks in new MRR value between now and the end of the year, which, uh, you know, guys, we're recording. It's obviously not the day it's being released. So he's got about three months to do that. Uh, that would be good growth. Yep. Be excellent. And are you still bootstrapped? Still bootstrapped. Yep. Still, 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 you know, still owned by the four people that started it. That must feel so fucking good. <laughs> I don't have to deal with investors. You got it. <laughs> oh, well, it's not just that, but just, it's just refreshing, right? It's just, I don't know how else to say it. It's just refreshing. So bootstrapped and where are you based? Where's the team based? So we're just by London Bridge. So like the song, um, um, yeah, so central London. All 70. Oh, 70, yeah. Well, so the, the, the four founders, the 70. So, well, no, because we, we've, got, we've got a New York and a Sydney office as well. Okay. So you said, take me through the founding there. You said four founders. How the hell do you split equity between four founders? 25 each. Really? You just split it right equal? Just done, done equal. Listen, when, when we started, we didn't know anyone else that had done a startup. We, we were the only people in London that, that we knew it was doing technology. We were in a like, like, little, little bubble. So we didn't know what we were supposed to do. We didn't know you could go and raise money. So we didn't. <laughs> um, and, and it's interesting that, that, that you know, as, as we've grown to, to where we've got to, people go, how do you do it? But we didn't know any other way of doing it. Do you, do you guys pay yourself just equal amounts? Uh, no, we've got different salaries depending on, on the roles that we're doing. How do you, without obviously disclosing the salaries, but how do you, why does one go up and one go down? Um, so, so as, as we've got to a level where we're, we're operating like a normal company, we've got different people doing different things. So the salespeople, uh, and I'm one of the salespeople, part of my remuneration will be on, on deals brought in, right? So I've got a different metric than, than other people. So you have a, you have fixed plus variable. So that variable upside, you can make way more than everybody else, but it's based on performance versus somebody else has no variable component. It's all fixed because they're the CEO or whatever. 
You got it. Yeah, exactly right. It makes good sense. How do you, uh, and, and sorry, actually, before I get into that, what are you guys at now in terms of total customers paying you? So we've got 300 class customers. Okay. Um, so, so, so again, probably different from the, the guys you normally talk with. We just focus on enterprise firms. No, I love that. Look, I love, I love high touch, low volume. That means kind of the average customer is paying you about 2,700 bucks a month if you're currently at 820 grand in MRR. So, I mean, those are healthy. Those are $24,000 plus ACV kind of contracts. What are you spending to acquire a customer? That's a really good question. And, and I, it's what's, when you asked that in other things, I thought I have to think about the answer to that question. Yeah. We, traditionally, we've had almost no sales and marketing because we've been very focused on, on, on a niche. Uh, what do you mean by that? You mean sales and marketing people or sales and marketing spend? Everything. So we had two, two people for, for about eight years, maybe nine years. We had two people in the, the, that was the entire sales and marketing team. I think our spend per year was somewhere in the region of $300,000. So, so the acquisition, it's got to be about 3000 bucks per client. It's not very much. Now, over the last six to 12 months, we've spent an awful lot of money growing the sales and marketing team. That, that figure is going to change a lot. Like if we, if we took in a year's time, that'll be a different number. But, but, but where it is right now, it's about $3,000 per client. Well, so let's do a gut wait three thousand. Okay, and wait, tell me how you get to three thousand dollars per client. So three hundred thousand spend, thirty clients per year. Just break it back that way. Oh, you're okay. You're getting thirty clients per year on three hundred thousand spend. So that's that's not three grand. That's ten grand. Yes, right. <laughs> that's okay. Ten grand. Ten grand for a new client. Now, now, what about churn? What do you assume? How long do these companies stay with you? Uh. Well, so churn is a really good question again. So we always plan for three percent churn. We've never got anywhere Monthly? near to that uh, per year. Oh, yearly, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so we're we're more like zero point three percent churn. I.e., we lose about one client a year, and that's more often than not because a merge has happened or something out of our, our control. And just to be clear, you're talking about gross logo churn, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Client's gone. Okay, good. Um, so less than one logo a year. And then what is your, I imagine you're in the negative uh, net revenue kind of expansion or net revenue churn range. What, what are you guys at there? Um, explain a little bit more what you mean, Nathan. So if you, if you uh, take your total MRR uh, in a given year, uh, subtract your lost MRR, and then add back on top of that your expansion MRR. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I mean, we're just expanding, right? We're not. We're not. We're not losing revenue. Almost nothing in terms of lost revenue. Okay. So what? 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 I guess. What do you expect? So the number for this would be ignore in the last twelve months all the new customers you've added. Just take your historical customer base. How much have you upsold to them? Oh, I see. Um, we, we've got a target for. We have an account management team. We've got a target for them to to add ten to fifteen percent per per client. Okay. Per year. Per, per year. Have you? Um, we're probably off a little bit this year, but not far away. Okay. So yeah. So if you figure last year in December, you hit a $600,000 AR rate in December. And your goal is with that same customer cohort to add an additional 10 to 15% on top of that, right? So you're taking that 600 grand to 660 grand in MRR, which comes out obviously to a much larger amount when you multiply by 12 to get ARR. You have a lot of growth happening there and you're only losing one $30,000 ACV client per year. So that's where the expansion and the net negative revenue churn comes in. You got it. Uh, the, the, the challenge for us is it's so vastly different, right? I might have one client who, who spends an extra couple of hundred, a couple of hundred bucks a month, and another client who spends a huge amount uh, extra a month, depending on, on on what they buy. Yep, yep. Interesting. Do you know? I mean, so so this is where it gets dangerous for you guys. If you start looking at lifetime value of a client, you could technically say the spreadsheet would tell you forever 
because you're losing what, which is dangerous because if you think a client's worth a million bucks and then you say, I'm willing to spend 200 grand to acquire them, but they only end up being worth 300 grand, the numbers don't always make sense. So how do you keep your gut in check when thinking about lifetime value? Well, I, th- I think, I think because we have bootstrapped, we, we, we've just been very shy about spending money full stop. So, um, uh, the, just the, like the cost of, as we say before, the cost of acquisition of clients has been re- traditionally very low. I think we've always, always played on the fact that we, we think that risk is coming and, and I spend my life being nervous that things are going to go wrong any day now. That's what you do, right? <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, live, living like that makes it, makes it, uh, uh, you be more conservative, I think. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, if we assume a lifetime value of, of three years, right, which is, seems very doable based on what you're doing, uh, you know, that's $90,000 in LTV in 36 months. That more than makes up for that $10,000 CAC. Um, we, we, Nathan, we, we normally do three to five year contracts. Got it. And are they paying for the whole thing up front? No, we do per year. Got it. And how many uh, do those always renew or have people cancel those after signing them? No, no, they, they, they nearly always stay. Okay, got it. So they stay. Interesting. That's great. That's interesting. I mean, how do you get someone to commit to a five-year contract when technology changes so fast? Um, it, it depends. And, and the, the five-year ones are, are less common. Um, they do happen. It's when people ask for discounts normally. <laughs> what discount do you give on a five-year plan? Uh, it depends what I can get away with. <laughs> as little as possible. <laughs> so that, just to be clear, that is an individual negotiation per sales rep per new client. You got it exactly right. again because it's such a small number of high touch clients. You, you you have to be more more individualized. Is a salesperson still incentivized to get a longer contract? Like, will you if you land a five year contract, do you get some part of the fifth year deal? Uh, there's there's, there's it's, it's only paid on the first year, but for the long the longer the contract, the better the comms rate is. Interesting. Are you comfortable sharing kind of how that's structured? I'm curious. Uh, we do uh, eight, ten, and twelve. Whether it's a one year, three or a five year. So twelve percent if you sign a five year deal. 12% of the, of the of the contract, total contract value? Best year. For just first year contract value. Oh, in, okay, interesting model. Very interesting model. Okay, good. So you get some extra basis points there if you, if you get the longer uh, the longer term. Yeah, so everyone wants the long one. Makes perfect sense. Last year, where'd you spend in just in paid marketing? Or sorry, last month, last month. Um, I, I, the, the reason I'm hesitating is we took three people on. I don't know whether they fell in this month's... Uh, no, no, uh, no, not not people. Just your paid, just your paid Google ads, Facebook ads. Oh, like nothing, like 100 bucks, 200 bucks. Oh, 100, okay, so you're not getting... Okay, how are you getting leads right now? Um, it, it's it's it, We have such a narrow niche of clients that we go for. It's it's Let's say, let's say it's law firms. There are probably 2,000 people in the world that can buy our services. And it's all about high-touch relationship selling. So it's very little of that kind of soft... Uh, uh, kind of Google AdWords. So it's type kind of you find the list you want to go after, and then you have your salespeople go reach out to them. You got it. Got it. Now, how close? You said you just recently scaled, right? So, like, what what do you forecast now that you've kind of just hired a bunch of new fixed costs in the form of talent and people? Uh, we know your revenue. What are your what have your expenses grown to? Uh, again, I don't know, and and I will know that answer in in, in a few months' time because we're still on the hiring uh, spend. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking to always remain profitable. So we're not, we're not cutting into profits. The, the money we're spending is, is money that we've got. I'm curious. Like, so basically what you did over the past 10 years is you grew your profit margin over time and said, oh, we can afford to scale rapidly. It sounds like over the last six months, you focused on adding those costs. You're going to start seeing a return three, four five months from now as those people get spun up and efficient. I'm curious though, how close you scaled those fixed costs where you still felt comfortable. 
so, so the opposite. We've left cash in the bank for a long time. We've been very, very conservative. And again, I think it's the nature of 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 being bootstrapped. Insofar as you know, every time we thought about spending money, we've gone mm, maybe maybe we'll do that in a few months' time. The challenge with that, of course, is we could be leaving dollars on the table. Of course, uh, but 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 it's, it's it's about doing it at the right time and, and in a way that felt safe felt safe for us. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, Look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay. I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay. So I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14 day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no, he's given us a 45 day free trial at NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever. So go get it now. NathanLatka.com forward slash schedule. Is your gross margin in line with other SaaS companies? What is it? Uh, we've, got, we've got to be more than other SaaS companies. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know what other SaaS companies are doing. But eighty-five percent usually. Uh, no, we're, we're going to be best than that. Yeah, you think you'd be above ninety? Um, probably. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Kind of. You're only uh, basically. What I'm getting at. You don't have any weird costs above the line. You just have processing fees, server expenses, the usual stuff, right? Just got staff, staff, property, servers. There's nothing, nothing else. Yeah. Interesting. Last question before we wrap up with the famous five. Is there anything weird you've done to acquire customers? <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, so I was at a legal marketing conference uh, about five years ago in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, there was an evening reception, lots of kind of drunk marketing uh, folk. Uh, and there was a mechanical bull in the middle of the, uh, the, the, the bar that we we're in. And I was talking to a marketing lady and she said, uh, uh, I bet you're English and I bet you've never been on a mechanical bull. I said, oh, you're right, I haven't. And she said, I want you to do it. And I said, I would do a riding the mechanical bull if you take a demo of the Vucha platform. And she said, <laughs> okay. So I did the, the, the bull. I lasted about five seconds before I got fired into the, uh, the, the, the side. And then she took a demo and became a client. So I love that. Riding a bull to get a $30,000 contract. I love that. That's how you do it. All right, let's wrap up, Robin, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite... Yeah. What's your favorite business book? Uh, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to break your rules. Um, I'm going to pick the book that helped to start Future, which is called The Beer Mat Entrepreneur. The Beer Mat? Beer Mat Entrepreneur. So a beer mat is one of those things that they have in bars that you put your, your, your beer on. Yep. Like a little cardboard, uh, uh, I think. Uh, and the idea is that when you first come up with a business idea, you kind of scribble it on a, you're, you're in a bar having a beer, you scribble your idea on, on the uh, bit of cardboard. How do you go from that to starting a business? And it's the book I read before I started Vucha and helped us get where, 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 where we've got to today. Um, if I'm going to pick a book that's probably more recent and that's something I read fairly regularly, uh, it's, it's a book called The Art of Innovation, which uh, you, may, you may have read yourself by, by Tom Kelly. He was the guy that came out of IDEO, the industrial design uh, guys. And I, I just think that innovation is so important for a business like us. And it's, it's important to revisit how do you kind of bake it into the business. Uh, and so it's one, I, one I've read a few times just to try and make sure it's constantly happening for us. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? 
There is. And I'm not going to pick the usual kind of Jeff Bezos. And uh, <laughs> um, I'm actually really interested in people that are probably closer to what we do. I, I sort of SaaS based B2B uh, people. And, and, and my favorite at the moment is Jason Lemkins, who did EchoSign that, that span out to um, uh, Adobe a few years ago. It's the, you know, the digital signature thing. He, he, he just does a really good blog and kind of writes about some of the challenges of growing a business. And I kind of enjoy that. Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? Uh, I, I like Quora. Um, I, I follow a lot of a lot of the different business topics on Quora, and I kind of read it most evenings for bed. Number four: How many hours of sleep do you get every night? So I I hope you have sympathy. I have a four year old and a two year old, oh, so wow. very little sleep. Um, definitely not eight hours. How many hours? Uh, like six on a good day. Six. Okay, good. And what's your situation? Obviously, oh, are you married? Yeah, married. Yeah. And how and uh, what, how old are you? Uh, I'm 39, 14 in, in, in November. Oh, very good. So, so 42 kids married, getting six hours of sleep. Take us back 20 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Uh, I wish, I wish that, and it's, it's the same advice I give to myself now. Isn't that interesting? Cause I was, I was thinking about this. I, I, I think the, the biggest skill that, you, that anyone can have is learning to listen and ask better questions because it makes you more successful at everything, right? It makes you a better friend. It makes you better at selling. It makes you better at client handling. It makes you better at innovating. So if I, if I could just say, teach myself to be better at listening and asking questions, I'd be a better person today. Last question. I'm throwing an extra one for you. You're listening to the show. Why are you listening and are you enjoying it? Uh, I'm listening for the same reason I follow Quora. I really like to hear about what other people have done and what challenges they've met. And then how do I apply that to my own business? And yeah, totally. I love it. I love that guys. If you want all the data I capture on these shows in a database format, so you can quickly analyze it, just go to gitlatka.com. But in the meantime, I'm going to thank Robin for coming on and being super open about future. They founded it almost 10 years ago, doing very well, December, 2016 at 600 grand in monthly recurring revenue. They've now scaled, uh, just, you know, eight, nine months later to over 800 grand and monthly recurring revenue would, would love to hit that 1 million mark by December 2017. They've scaled up to about 70 employees based mainly in London. They've got 300 customers using their platform. One platform is unbelievable potential marketing automation space. They're focused specifically on law firms uh, and they go after them hard with a very uh, high ARPU, high touch, but low volume approach. Robin, thank you for taking us to the top. No problem. Thank you.